0: Welcome to Canadian Crime Chicks. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains coarse language. This episode features descriptions of violence, mental deterioration, dying by suicide, murder, and two people who do not watch any wrestling trying to explain a wrestler's career. If you are not offended or disturbed by any of these topics... You are ready for Canadian Crime Chicks. Hey
1: girl, hey! Hey girl, hey. How you doing? I'm I'm good. good. to some stone beforehand. Nice! So I'm going to sound like a turtle
2: probably, but... We'll hi and talk <laughs> about crime. I'm ready. <laughs> my name's Amber. And my name is Jasmine. Welcome today, Jasmine. Jasmine's joining us from the booming metropolis of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Woo! Honestly,
1: I wasn't sure if we were just going to start right into it or if we were going to chat a little bit beforehand. I am pretty prepared, but
2: we'll see how it
1: goes.
2: (laughs) I'm excited to see how prepared you are. I heard that you've been studying.
1: A little bit. The internet's a crazy place, though. Honestly, like, I just feel like with this uh, case specifically, it's just rabbit hole after rabbit hole. However, I've never really studied something like this before. I just usually listen to them.
2: I other people do it. <laughs> I go down the rabbit hole every week whenever I'm I'm researching my cases. How do you do that and just remember? I find it so fascinating how the lives of other people are and like, you know, this this week's case we're going to talk about former pro wrestler Chris Benoit and the murder of his family and the death of himself. And, you know, every week I go through these rabbit holes of finding out things about people and finding out like the crazy shit that goes on in their lives. And It seems like everyone has a secret or everyone has a past that we know nothing about.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like it also shows that anybody has the potential to become something that they're not or that you don't know them as, you know.
2: I totally agree. Like I've seen like, for example, the movie She's All That, right? this total nerdy girl grows up into the the beauty queen, right? This
0: she becomes
2: something that she was the opposite of. She was a total nerd and she's this weirdo and and this popular boy makes her pretty and popular and all these things. And it's like, I just think that that anybody can turn into anything they want to turn into if they work hard enough. Yeah, that's true though. Yeah. Like I always find it interesting when you hear these like stories of people who goes like basically rags to riches or people who know very little and and study hard and work hard and then become, you know, some big deal and i just find these these stories so interesting of in people's lives because like i'm just a fucking potato <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then on the flip side other people become family
2: annihilators <laughs> It's true. You know, it's crazy. I'm like this, this example, Chris Benoit, you know, he was just a normal guy from Canada, kind of living his life and decided one day he wanted to become a professional wrestler. And he did just that. Everybody has different dreams, goals and aspirations. But I woke up one day and thought like, "Hmm, I think I want to be a pro wrestler. I don't know about you.
1: No, that I find that, I mean, good for him, because obviously, um, you know, people love wrestling. It's been around for a while. I really know nothing about it, so I probably sound ignorant on it a little bit, but lots of people love it. So the fact that he was able to get into such a niche uh, sort of sport, I guess you would say, and become so popular is pretty cool, actually, considering he came out of Edmonton. No yeah, shade. I know he was uh, born in Montreal, though
2: yeah he was born in montreal but grew up in edmonton and all of a sudden became this pro wrestler that that wrestled all over north america and got some like minor popularity in japan of all places which i was like how is how is that but apparently wrestling's really popular in japan too this guy grows up in canada just kind of doing his own thing and he starts attending wrestling events when he's young he's like 12 years old and he's like i want to do this and like i think about that like my kid's 12 and he tells me all the time like certain things that he wants to do when he's older and i'm like "Eh, he'll probably change his mind but maybe he won't maybe he will do all the crazy shit he says he's gonna do because this guy did (laughs) no doubt
1: honestly i mean if you support support them they'll do it right so yeah don't support the wrestling just kidding
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know Um, He he was the kind of kid who just would go to these events and he would watch what was going on and watch some of the wrestlers and the performers and the actors. Because like we we know that some of professional wrestling is acting and we know some of it is talent and some of it is athleticism. So it's it's all very interesting. And he would he would go watch these performers and kind of take notes and start emulating them. And, and kind of cultivate this new style of, of a little bit of a play off of some of the popular guys that were around at the time. You know, one of the guys that was really popular was Bret Hart, who's from Calgary. I remember growing up, my brother was super into wrestling when I was a kid. And I remember Bret Hart and he had this curly hair, he had this curly hair and it was always like greasy and he was always wore black and pink. And I was like, oh, boy that wears pink. <laughs> and I, he was my favorite because he was a boy who wore pink. <laughs>
1: that's true back then that is saying something a little bit right because you know how people were
2: yeah yeah absolutely and so this was kind of like the early 80s is kind of when he was he was really getting into things and then he started his career you know in 1985 which is a couple years before I was born so I mean this is like we're talking 37 years ago at this point when he decides he's gonna go join wrestling i think it's just such an odd career choice i i look at that and not that i'm judging but it's like that's a weird career choice it is it's just so
1: strange like i don't know i just can't imagine and he was in so many events too um i have a little list here of some of the things that he's done there's a stampede wrestling from 85 to 89 new japan pro wrestling like you mentioned World Championship Wrestling um, from 92 to 93, Extreme Championship Wrestling from 94 to 95, returned to WCW 95 to 2000, Um, then he was in the Four Horsemen, as well as the Revolution and World Heavyweight Champion, Um, That was from 99 to 2000. And the list just goes on and on. Like, it's crazy that at 12 years old, he just set out and then participated in all these things. And then he was just known basically around the world, like, as one of the
2: best, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I find Canada's like a large landmass, like we're, we're the second largest landmass in the world for a country but we don't have a huge population. we are nearly one of the most populated countries. So I always find it interesting when Canadians are like super famous and do super well, you know, other examples of really famous Canadians that have done really well for themselves are like Celine Dion or um, Justin Bieber. There's hardly anybody in the world who doesn't know who those two are.
1: True,
2: I just think that that's so interesting that we have some really high caliber talent that comes out of Canada. And I, I just always find it interesting because like, it just sometimes it's like such a dream, you know, I think we all dream about like being rich or being famous and and having these talents. And like, maybe someday I'll be a big famous podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: And imagine too, like back then, they didn't have like, all the same, you know, means of communication and the internet going for them quite like we do, where we can just FaceTime somebody, email things get shit done, you know, we can do it in a blink of an eye and these guys had to like actually go audition in front of people or maybe send like a tape in and it's like people still had the motivation to do that shit. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Could it be? Isn't me. that
2: crazy? <laughs> like I find that so interesting too because yeah, you're right like there was the ambition no audition
1: to do that, hey, like takes hours just to <laughs> get one little audition done, which I can post a TikTok in thirty seconds.
2: Right? And fucking like crazy. You can't you can't like zoom for an audition. Like you're not fucking, you know, just popping on the computer and beep beep beep, you know, back in nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> he was driving his ass all over the place and he would take buses and planes and trains and going all over the place. And he was just kind of doing his thing, working the circuit and kind of pounding the pavement, if you will. And and he was he was bilingual. So that kind of worked a little bit in his favor because oh. he could he could book in different places and do different things. And so people thought that was kind of interesting and that really played into his character a little bit. And, and you know, he, he did really well for himself and, and, you know, he got married and had two kids, David and Megan with his first wife. And her name was Martina. And, you know, they kind of were together for a number of years and then they got divorced in 1997 after his, his first marriage kind of dissolved, he really focused on his career and he started doing things a little bit differently and, and had kind of become a different person a little bit. He reinvented himself after his first marriage, which I, I think a lot of people do when they have a relationship fail. They're like, mm, maybe I need to change something or maybe I need to do something different to spice up my life.
1: Well, when you're in such a long term relationship, too, it's just that like you almost kind of become the other person in a way and you just got to find yourself
2: yeah so i respect that yeah i think so and he was kind of is <laughs> is kind of interesting i was reading about this period in his life from the time he ended his marriage to the time he met his second wife nancy who's mm-hmm. the subject of a part of what's happening is he was kind of couch surfing and he was living with different people and he was kind of doing this and that and he kind of moved in with this co-worker i guess colleague of his for a temporary basis basis and <laughs> Fell in
1: love with his wife. Yeah, it's crazy because I don't exactly know how it came to be. But eventually they were all a part of the Horseman. And the Horseman was like made to take Hulk Hogan down or something like that. And then eventually like Nancy's husband at the time kevin sullivan he was on the like opposing of the horsemen and that's kind of like how their rivalry rival i can't talk (laughs) that's how their divorce started (laughs) was because she kind of just like broke it off with him and went with the horsemen like they're all a thing and kind of left him in the dust sort of so there was like maybe a period there where um nancy was actually cheating on sullivan a little bit
2: which is pretty crazy How like salacious, you know, and like I'm always like I'm always here for the good relationship gossip. Mm -hmm. Like Like, they were supposed to be friends, yeah. And like, I don't know, stealing your friend's wife is is like no bueno. Like, I don't really I don't I can't really appreciate that Mm -hmm. for myself. So I was just like, oh my god, like when I I read that, I was like, (laughs) how salacious. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) But they they got together and they got pregnant as they always do <laughs> and they got and they got married the same year like they got married in february and they had this baby by november so wow. <laughs> math checks out <laughs> <laughs> math is <mathin'. laughs> math and their marriage didn't really last very long at the very beginning at heart you know three years in and this is nancy's third marriage by the way chris's second they filed for divorce and she said that he was really really cruel to her and that he would like throw furniture at her and like break shit and she filed a restraining order against him they she she claimed domestic violence against him eventually she dropped it and kind of reconciled with him and was kind of making up with him a little bit which seems like their relationship was a little bit on again off again on again off again and like some of his friends had said that too that like their relationship was on again off again which I think a lot of relationships that are tumultuous can kind of be Mm. that way
1: that's very true
2: and like I just find it interesting that you know he would have these events with her where they would have these big knock down drag out fights they would break up for a bit and then they'd get back together and it was kind of like a cycle they'd do this over and over and over again and like I don't know I think I get bored yeah of-
1: absolutely fighting uh with your partner is exhausting it's like I don't know how people do that and I mean like I but you I do at the same time sometimes you know then if they have a kid together like they have Daniel maybe they want to work it out a little bit but at that point it's like you're not helping anybody
2: <laughs> no no I absolutely agree and I think like at that point it's like oh well, that's not great like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to hear that kind of shit going on in my friends lives I wouldn't want to see that in relationships that I'm around and it just I don't know it feels really yucky to me and I just I don't know I did not like it And so, you know, time kind of goes on and and things are happening back and forth. And his friends are kind of noticing a little bit of a shift in his behavior, but nothing like too crazy. All of a sudden, one day, there's this edit to Wikipedia. There's this edit to Wikipedia that says that Nancy's dead. And everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? And the WWE, so that his his employer, it, it was traced back to their headquarters, and like people are thinking, like this this can't be real, this can't be going on, and nobody really knows where this came from or like why this happened. A lot of people are like, "What the fuck?" And so people check on Nancy, and she's okay everything's okay oh
1: I didn't know that part of the story like I know they traced it back to like this 19 year old kid or something that really it was just like a strange coincidence that she did end up passing Mm -hmm. away but I didn't realize I didn't realize it was quite like that
2: yeah yeah and so people thought at first that like maybe it was a hoax or maybe something happened but seven days later is when the actual murders took place oh so on June 25th Of 2007, one of the bosses that took care of Chris noticed that he missed some work. That he was promised to be at. And he didn't call anybody. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't say anything. So his boss requested what's called a welfare Mm -hmm. check. So anybody can request a welfare check on anybody else if they have reason to believe that something's wrong. Or that they've acted out of character. Or they can't get a hold of them. So like for example. If you didn't show up for work on Monday. And you didn't call anybody. And nobody knew where you were. And we called you 10 times. And you didn't answer your phone. I could request a welfare check. And say this is absolutely out of Jasmine's character. I think it's really strange. Can you go check on her? This is her address. And the Winnipeg police would go to your house. And see if you're okay. They'll
1: do that immediately? So that's
2: They'll do that immediately. If you can prove that you've. Made efforts to contact this person, and you think Good, something. As that they should, <laughs> yeah. So they did. The police went to the house and did the welfare check, and they discovered Nancy's body and the body of their seven-year-old son. Dan.
1: Yeah, it's crazy too. Like when when they're found. So I'll I'll speak a little bit about Nancy. Um, she was essentially just found in the bedroom she was like bound with breast ties, feet ties, and she was like wrapped up in a blanket, I believe, or maybe it could be a towel. Um, And there was a Bible beside her body where she was found, as well as Daniel, that's where they went to his room next, found him in the bed. He um, didn't like have a lot of harm on the outside. So it was hard to say. Um, But he did also too, at the time before they knew what happened, um, he was strangled. Um, It seems that Benoit did give him some type of sedative. Um, It said that Xanax was there to kind of knock him out. And then, you know, Chris did what he did. And yeah, he left a Bible beside both of their bodies in hopes that they'd get up into heaven, which I find very, very interesting that, that, that that was the case.
2: Yeah, you know, I found that interesting too. And like, that's gotta be some psychological thought. Like there's gotta be some, irrational thought pattern to like think that your family isn't going to heaven to me like I wouldn't think that like that wouldn't be the first thought in my Mm -hmm. head that my seven-year-old isn't going to heaven so I better put a bible beside him yes all seven-year-olds are going to heaven changing my mind yeah absolutely especially ones that are murdered by their Mm -hmm. own parent you know like yep the coroner determined that it was likely that Daniel was unconscious before he was strangled to death and then Chris died by suicide he hung himself um, on a piece of gym equipment at his home and so you know that night there was a, th- a a three-hour show that was scheduled to be on the WWE they had scheduled this show and so what they did was is they changed out the broadcast and decided to air this tribute to chris and a tribute to his life and his career which looking back on a lot of people were like (sighs) Mm
1: -hmm. they were absolutely mortified like they they, i think they only aired it the one time and then they really never showed much of chris benoit again like they shut that down Mm -hmm. immediately and i mean like as you should but also like at the same time why wouldn't they think that like um it was suspicious. Like, it was suspicious as fuck. Like, you can't deny that. Some people do claim that they think that the family got carbon monoxide poisoning. And that would be a likely reason for a whole family to die, I guess. But not in the way that it was described. You
2: know what I'm saying? Well, like, I don't know. Carbon monoxide doesn't usually, I don't know. tie people up. <laughs> carbon monoxide doesn't leave a Bible. <laughs> right? Like, that's so... F- yes, carbon monoxide poisoning can cause you to do crazy shit. Like, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to carbon monoxide poisoning can change your behavior and allow you to do things outside of your character, because it kind of fucks with your brain a little bit.
1: Oh, I was just thinking maybe they could die in their sleep. Like, they they didn't know the exact details at the time, right? They just assumed because it was just like the day after, if not hours after, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. After he died, his dad actually Said we need to do some further testing and see if this is something going on. Like, is there something going on? Maybe with his brain. Like, was there an injury to his brain? Did something happen? And you know that made this, and this happen? part is wild. And so they sent his brain away to the head of neurosurgery at West Virginia University. And they said that his brain was so damaged, it was resembling that of someone who was 85 years old, and that had Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's just
1: crazy. And what I did read about that, too, is it's, um, <laughs> we're going to try to pronounce this word, chronic, traumatic, enceph- and patho- pathology, pathology, <laughs> CTE. Um, it's a degenerated brain tissue disorder and apparently it can't be caused by steroid use, which a lot of people had theories on that it was from all the steroids. Um they did find a bunch of of steroid um in his urine as well. So that's what a lot of people thought too for a while.
2: Yeah. But apparently that's not the case. No, it's not. And he also reportedly had a form of dementia, which is similar to that of other athletes who have received multiple concussions.
1: Sorry, so this was documented before the
2: passing? This was documented after the passing.
1: Okay. Okay. I was like they knew that something was off.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, they they figured this out from his brain that mm-hmm. he had a form of dementia and other people have had this form of dementia that actually caused them to either harm themselves or harm other people. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was other professional athletes who had multiple head injuries so they think that like maybe a type of traumatic brain injury caused this so it creates this depression and thoughts of harm to themselves or others and it's caused by these these head injuries and you know chris's dad was like this has to be what made him do this because like i know my son and he wouldn't just hurt his family and so after this shit started kind of coming out is when the wwe said like let's not talk about this anymore
1: yeah imagine like imagine their horror honestly like one of their star prize people that are in their organization just does some crazy stuff right like that's just it it can be anybody it
2: can happen to anybody it really really can and you know it's it's very interesting about how you know the people reacted to this
1: oh well even researching you probably saw it too like um even today people are like no there's no fucking way that happened this man I love this man he would never do this like there's so many different little weird theories that's going on about the death still and this happened in what 2007 it's
2: like crazy yeah. And, you know, people thought, you know, the, the term "roid rage came up quite a bit in my searches that people thought it was steroid related, which, you know, when I first heard about it, that's something I thought that's the conclusion I jumped to because there's no way that he wasn't using steroids. Right. right. And he
1: absolutely was like, his heart was three times the size of what it should be. That's crazy.
2: I understand 100% that you're gonna do things to make yourself bulkier and bigger and this that and the other thing to further your career I get it totally get it totally understand it one of those things that I understand but like at at what cost yeah at what is enough enough cost is enough enough you're right exactly and well and it's
1: sad too because uh Nancy she just wanted like a regular life at that point she just wanted a husband kid family just do the all-american dream and chris he was not ready for that he was still full
2: set (laughs) well that's just it you know and and people were really upset about the wwe's actions too like they didn't really they didn't really wait for anything to come out until to to air this special and like Nancy's family was pissed when they found out about what happened they were pissed they were like you just aired a three-hour tribute to someone who murdered his wife and child how like how dare you do that and you know how dare you do these things and and like her family was crushed over what happened and her family was pissed you know, this took place kind of they feel over like a three-day period. So this wasn't just like a single event. Nancy was killed first, you know, some time lapsed, and then Daniel was killed, and then he killed himself.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: the timeline is nearly three days here. And and her her family was like, What the fuck? Like they were not pleased about what happened. And they actually held the funerals separate. So Daniel and Nancy's funeral were held separately from Chris's they didn't have any of his family there they were not interested in having any part of this and people were really pissed off like they were really angry at him
1: And it's so insensitive. Like you have to allow a bit of like, this was literally hours, like what, maybe like 14 hours afterwards, Mm -hmm. uh, no time for anything. Like the last thing, if you were Nancy's family, the last thing you'd want to see is a memorial tribute for a man that most likely 10 out of 10 just murdered your daughter.
2: Well, yeah. And like her sister was like, you know, the medical examiner told us that because of his heart enlargement, he didn't have very long to live. Had he continued on the path that he was going, and True. like knowing that was really troublesome to her, and she didn't find any solace in that. She's just like, well, you know, had he just continued to live in his life where he was, he would have been dead in less than a year, anyways, and we'd still have Nancy and Daniel. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 super fucked up, and it's one of those things, you know. People people thought a lot of different had a lot of different feelings and. One of the things was uh, someone said that because of his how well he did and how good of a wrestler he was, that he should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And (laughs) people were like, "Uh, no, (laughs) I think the
1: fuck not. Trick ass bitch.
2: (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Absolutely not. And, you know, Uh, some people are like, oh, that's cancel culture. You're punishing him for his actions. And it's like, well, you know, he killed his family. So. Mm -hmm. and then other people are like well he killed his family because of a traumatic brain injury and possibly because of drugs he was he was on and you know uh, he hurt himself and he wasn't himself so you can't really punish him for that and it's like "Mm, like you gotta
1: wonder if there's there has to be some type of sign like there has to be some signs but it is interesting because i know um when benoit was younger around i think like six years old he got in a pretty bad car accident and then i believed. somebody was speaking out on a podcast as well where there was a further accident with him and Nancy, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I don't think that one was as serious. Yeah. So getting beaten in the head all the time, your head smacking around off a mat, you're getting in accidents. You're just doing a bunch of crazy steroids and other drugs. Like I know he didn't have a whole bunch of um, like the level wasn't too elevated in the autopsy or the toxicology, it was just like a therapeutic amount, they say, or what was supposed to be prescribed to him. But I don't know. It all checks out as someone you should have been keeping your eye on a little bit closer.
2: Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, like, his doctor knew that something was going on. <gasps> the doctor. <laughs> he, he knew that something was going on. And he had his patient's records seized, his bank records seized, his computer seized. The whole thing. C. in the third. And he ended up getting charged with prescribing medication in other cases, not in Chris's, but in other cases illegally prescribing medication and sometimes not even seeing those people. He never even fucking met them. No way. And he, he wouldn't even see them nothing. He would just prescribe them medication because he was being paid to do so. And he ended up being sentenced to 10 years in jail over this.
1: Good. At yeah. least there was a little bit of justice served.
2: Yeah, it's just interesting that that was that was one of the things and you know a lot of people have said a lot of things about what what happened and maybe what what caused this. People say that oh maybe Nancy pissed him off or maybe because Nancy was finally saying like you know our marriage is over, like that that somehow this triggered him and it's like It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If your wife tells you she doesn't want to be with you anymore, that is not an okay reason to kill her. It doesn't fucking matter. If someone says they don't want to be with you anymore, walk the fuck away.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more, honestly. Like, and people, yeah, people just do, they really do have a lot to say. Like um, how do you feel about the theory where people say that maybe, somebody murdered the whole family
2: and it was staged you know i don't know if i believe that because why in the hell would nancy be killed friday night friday is when nancy died friday june twenty second is when nancy died that's what they figured out that's when they pinpointed time of death is sometime in the evening on friday june 22nd of 2007 they know that they found, you know, that she had a little bit of alcohol in her blood. They don't know if that was caused by decomposition. They don't know if the drugs were entirely therapeutic or if it's more than that. They don't really know. They had no evidence to believe that she or anyone else other than Chris had sedated Daniel. So there was no, no way. So. The next day, June 23rd, is when Daniel was killed. So why is there a, such a gap in time?
1: Because nobody's just going to break in, kill Nancy, and then Daniel and Chris are just going to be chilling in the house for 24 hours or so
2: Yeah. while no. their mom's dead. Like that, no. You're right. That's not going to happen. It just doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, there was this whole thing that there was a genetic disorder that Daniel had. Some people believe that that was something that had happened and that Chris was upset about this and that Chris was trying to treat Daniel with this condition himself and this shady doctor and that this is what caused their problems is that Daniel had this disorder, this, this immune syndrome. It's called fragile X syndrome. And it's basically a form of an intellectual disability. And it also has really specific physical features that... Yeah, the family
1: was super, super upset about that, too, because um, it was WWE attorney, uh, Jarrett McDavid, and he was the one that actually speculated that... Daniel had Fragile X which is pretty crazy I think he kind of just spilled that out there just to take some heat off to maybe give a why like why he did this but like if if you have a child with a disability like that's a hard fight in itself and I'm not going to deny that but that's not something that you would snap over really anyways so it's like why why say that and lie about it and then the family was upset they're like no like he's move from kindergarten to grade one. He's doing great. Like there's nothing wrong with him like that. Why the fuck would you say that? Because yeah. you know, it was in the eighties too. So they don't take us kindly to people with a
2: disability. Right. Well, and like Nancy's sister was like, this is fucking preposterous. No, you're full of shit. Not a thing. None of us knew anything about it. So if that's true, Nancy didn't tell us which Sandra and Nancy were close. So there's no fucking way. She's like, I heard about every single one of their fights. Every single one of their issues she's like there's no fucking way I didn't know about this. Like she's just there's no 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 no. On the 23rd of June Chris left a voicemail for one of his friends. Okay. And this message was weird. And the person who got it was like "Mm, I don't know about this. And he actually talked to Chris. And he said he sounded fucked up. Like he said He thought he sounded like maybe he was high or maybe something was wrong and it really didn't sit well with him. He said he sounded tired, maybe really groggy, like something just wasn't right. And it really bugged him. And that's somewhere between the murders, they think. But he called him back after they had this talk and he didn't answer. And then he called back again and said, Oh, I'm, I was on the phone with the um, airline because I had to I had to change my flights and my family's sick and my family has food poisoning and and I I just I can't make it to to this thing and blah 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 blah. He said he just sounded so off that he called another work buddy and was like, this is fucking weird. Numerous people talked to him during this period and said like he gave them a little bit of a different story each person but it was kind of similar he told one person that they had food poisoning another person that nancy was sick and she was throwing up another person he told them that nancy was throwing up blood yeah and what makes it so strange too is
1: like this wasn't just a regular day like they were expecting chris because he was going to vengeance night of the champions um it was a paper pay-per-view type of event that was going in Houston and that's where he was supposed to be. Like, it's not a small thing or just a random Wednesday and they're feeling like, Oh, my buddy's kind of fucked up. Like he should have been like there. He should have been getting ready to go there. He shouldn't have been like calling and sounding in a weird state and stuff. Right. They, he should have already been getting out there because it was, it was coming up when Guerrero got the call back. And he said he was dealing with the Delta airlines, trying to switch his flight overs, blah, 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 blah uh, Guerra was like, okay, no worries. Like if you need to talk, I'm here for you. Like, you know, a friend's do." Cause he was sounding all slurry and weird. Mm-hmm. And then, so they were like, he's like, yeah, no worries. Like, let me know if you need anything. And then they're saying their goodbye. See you soon. All that fun stuff. And Chris was like, I love you. And he's like getting ready to hang out, but it wasn't like, you know, like, Oh, love you. Bye. Like, love you. It was like, mm-hmm. I love you. Like, I'm never going to see you again type of, I love you. And that kind of chilled me a little bit when I was learning about that. Cause that'd be kind of, that must've felt shitty for Chris too. Like I know he's a terrible person, but uh, it gives me the goosebumps.
2: Yeah. He, he must've been like trying to send a signal in a way. Cause like I was in a really bad relationship at one point and he used to make me put people on speakerphone so he could listen to both sides of the conversation because he didn't want me to sorry. being, you know, and he used to do that. And this one night I had him, I had my mom on speakerphone and I was sitting in the, we had we were in his house and he had a basement and an upstairs like a main floor and we were in the basement and we were I don't even remember what we were doing but I remember sitting on the couch and my phone was on the coffee table because he wanted to see who I was talking to and I remember I was talking to her and she was like so how are you doing and I said I'm okay mom and she's like you're okay and I was like yeah I'm okay mom and she said when i said that twice like that she knew she knew something was wrong that's crazy and she's yeah, like i
1: just don't understand how they didn't send they didn't send the cops after that like they still waited a whole last day until he didn't show up at
2: the airport like what mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was kind of strange too but also like mm, so i just talked to my buddy and he sounds a little fucked up and he told me he loved me can you go check on him and they'd probably be like mm, probably not
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good point, though. I mean, it just really depends on the context of the character reference, right? Like, if you know damn well that that person shouldn't be doing that, you would just have to harass the police a little bit, but they should go and check. Like, if they knew it was strange, they could have pushed for it and they just waited. They're like, oh it's all good. I'll see him in a few hours like yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to say what you do though until you're in the situation I know that we always say that like people always say that and it's true you never know how you're going to react or like because you don't want to overreact and then you know Chris is like why the fuck did you call the cops on me like are you fucking stupid I was just having a few beers and, like hanging out and then all of a sudden the cops show up like
2: you'd be like oh
1: okay you know yeah
2: I also don't understand though like why his friend like Gero there didn't maybe send somebody else over Like, they knew where Ben was lived. So it wasn't like he couldn't have just said like, hey, can you can you send so and so by there or maybe send his manager over like somebody who knew him? Like, I, I guess it's all it's all easy to speculate after. Right. It's easy to say, why the fuck didn't you do that after? Yeah, they all have a lot
1: of money and a lot of means, too, though. You know what I mean? So I feel like they would have a bit of influence with the cops. Maybe I could be very wrong about that.
2: I don't know. It's I guess it's hard to say. But that's that's one thought I had. Like, if they were so concerned about him, why the fuck didn't they send somebody over there to check on them? It's like he sent up red flags and everyone ignored them. hmm
1: I agree. My hey, God. Amber. Hey, Jazz. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going straight to hell. A nice, straight. comfy vehicle. Beep,
2: beep. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. A bunch of different text messages were sent out with both their phones. Nancy's phone, Chris's phone. So there's five messages. Four of them were just the address. Just the house address. That's it. And then a fifth text message said, my dogs are in the pool area. That's enclosed. And then that the garage side door was open. So strange. And like, I would, I would just be like, okay so apparently these people were close like they were like work besties and they hung out and stuff and it's like I don't know if you texted me and said this is my address my side doors open I'd be like what the fuck like that no doubt that would ring alarm bells to me and I would think that's fucking strange that would not fly no it's just there's too much going on in here that leads me to believe that this is anything other than Chris killing his family like the the theory that there's another person involved just doesn't fucking do it for me I'm sorry
1: I can't believe they even waited, though. Like, they should have had the police come out way sooner than than they did, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you got into this as well, but I was mostly under the impression going through it that the police were the first ones to show up to do the wellness check. But I also got some sources that said there was a neighbor, Holly shrepfer who was sent there by the police to control the dogs and then enter into the house just to do kind of the first scout out and take care of the dogs but then she saw apparently saw the bodies and ran the fuck out of there she's like this is a no for me she left town yeah i would probably but i believe- don't know if that's true or not
2: so my understanding was is the police got holly to go restrain the dogs that's all it was is that not to easy? go in the house right nope They wanted her to restrain the dogs because the dogs were not friendly to people that they didn't know. And the police were nervous about entering the property with these dogs being in the area that they were, because it was the only way that they could get in the house. Wow. So the one thing that I find really interesting about the whole death by suicide thing is that Chris actually Googled the quickest and easiest way to break a neck. (gasps) And the police department found that. So that's odd. And then another search at the same time period was about a Bible verse Hmm. about the prophet Elijah. The prophet Elijah apparently resurrected a body of a child, a little boy. Oh, People thought that that was really fucking strange when that came out. So did he already kill Daniel? And he was like, how do I bring him back? And then realized he couldn't. And then was like, fuck. And then hung himself. Better put this Bible beside him. (laughs) Yeah. So, like that—that just was really, really strange. And like, you know, they went when the police went, and they combed through the whole house. And the police said, like, it's a crime scene. That was really scary to a lot of people. When the people heard about these text messages, like the WWE people, that's when they called the police. So the the police were called because of these text messages that they got. And then Mm. when the police went, the police told WWE that we had discovered three bodies at the Benoit home and the house is a crime scene. So that's why they went ahead with this three hour tribute is because the police or the police made the WWE think that someone had hurt the the family, Mm. not that Chris had hurt the family. Like, they made it sound like someone had broken in or, or there was something else mysterious to it. Not that Chris had killed the family.
1: Well, because they can't really speculate that right on the spot. Like, they do have to do an
2: investigation exactly. beforehand. And so they were told this at, like, four o'clock in the afternoon is when the WWE were told this. So that's why that night they aired that special, is because wow. at that time they believed it to be a crime with another person, not... Mm-hmm a crime committed by this guy so that's just what what kind of was how that happened and i was like really because like that you know we talked about this earlier like that's so fucked up that they aired this three-hour tribute but it's because they didn't realize that it's him that had killed the family
1: yeah that must have left a real bad taste in their mouth honestly like i, I gotta so. do some youtube research on some of these videos and see some like where do they go from there like that must have been it must have been rough for them for a little while
2: yeah and you know they didn't have reason to believe right away that it was Chris for a couple reasons and one of the reasons was is that there was no suicide note. however a suicide note was discovered later yes and
1: and where do you think they found that note
2: (laughs) in a bible
1: of course they did (laughs) sent to his I believe ex-wife right to Martina they sent it over and uh well not just the bible sorry but a box of belongings I guess and that's where she found it
2: yeah this bible was in uh, stuff so it was sent to his first wife to distribute to their children and so wow it had a handwritten note in it.
1: oh please tell me the kids didn't see it before the the wife the late wife
2: I don't ex-wife. know I don't know I don't know for sure, but like that'd be terrible. That would be terrible, and like this whole situation is just so fucked up. Like I just, it just makes, just makes no sense. It's sad, and it just makes me no
1: sad. It is sad. Like the only good thing that really came out of this is at least like WWE now takes a little bit more precautions. They monitor people a little bit closer. They care about mental health a little bit more than they used to. They they try from what i've seen at least um tried to implement some better practices in there to you know ensure that people aren't quite losing it but unfortunately like these type of head injuries with any sport like football wrestling here rugby hockey i don't know there's so much opportunity to get your brain fucked over it's like crazy mm-hmm. that people still do that
2: yeah you know i just i just don't understand it cuz like i'm not a person who would ever like, if i hurt myself doing something i probably stop fucking doing it you know yeah
1: i wouldn't play baseball if it knew that i meant concussion after concussion and like brain damage all the time no not for me <laughs> Got
2: it. no thank you so like totally agree 10 out of 10 like it's just so fucked and i'm really glad that people are starting starting to take concussions more seriously because more and more they're developing better concussion protocols and things but still like i I understand the want for sport. I get it. I understand why people want to watch sports and play sports et cetera et cetera but I don't understand why that's part of sport like i can't I can't wrap my head around why it's interesting to watch people like beat the shit out of each other.
1: <laughs> it's like a primal thing probably hey, I don't know it's like i I don't mind it, but like uh wrestling to me like. I don't know. It seems so phony, like UFC is a little better. However, I do know that they actually do pull some pretty crazy stunts in wrestling, and that shit can get out of hand, and you can get just as hurt as anything else. So, yes, it is what it is. It's all for the entertainment factor.
2: The entertainment. And, like, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of things about this case that I couldn't wrap my head around. And I read it and read it and read it and went down the rabbit well, holes. And- one
1: thing that was also strange is that in the toxicology reports, Benoit didn't have any alcohol in his system. However, there was still a bottle of wine, like an empty bottle of wine at his feet. And I believe there was like 10 cans of beer or something like that around. And so it's strange. like, interesting. Why would it be right at his feet? Like, what did he what did he do with it? I just don't get it. <laughs> like, it's so strange. Mm-hmm. There's no alcohol in there.
2: Yeah, it's, it's very strange. And like, I do understand that, like, people with chronic alcoholism will have like a lower tolerance, but it still shows up in your toxicology. So like, where the fuck did it go? Did it evaporate? Did it disappear? did it like uh, yeah but I found that strange too and like there's so much
1: like plot thickening in this like definitely I recommend looking into it because I was pretty astonished I thought I was like okay I'm getting this here under control like this happened blah 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 but then all of a sudden there's just more theories and more like side people popping out of the woodworks and so many conspiracy theories about about the deaths yeah. But I think it's pretty obvious that it, it is what it is, because like with the computer searches, um, the delay in time from Nancy to Daniel and then Chris, like it just it doesn't make sense that it wouldn't be anybody else, unfortunately.
2: I looked for the crime scene photos, but I couldn't find that.
1: Ooh, I didn't even do that. I was just reading stuff. I'm like, yeah. I my I'm fucked up enough. I don't need to just <laughs> I need to see what's going on here.
2: I like, I don't know, I'm a weirdo. I like to look at crime scene photos. It's
1: together. nice to put the, put it together yourself. Put it eh? together like,
2: myself. I always say that in another life, I would be a homicide detective.
1: I would. Honestly, I, think- I wish I could do forensic, but you do need to like actually be a cop before you can do anything else. That's cool. And like, I don't have it in me to be a police officer.
2: So. No, same. I have too big of feelings. I love smoking drugs. I... <laughs> also have like you know some mental issues and police officers should not have the mental issues that i have so it's like <laughs> I, I know my limitations already also, keeping
1: our streets safe yeah exactly exactly
2: <laughs> so i just i don't know i but i always say like in another life i would love to be a homicide detective i just think that, that would be such an interesting job I can think out things and find situations and and see things in a different way. And like, that's always been like, I like solving puzzles. And to me, these sorts of things are puzzles. And I just find them so fascinating and so interesting. And people are like, how can you look at that shit all the time? It's like, because other people's lives are fucking fascinating. Okay, judge me.
1: (laughs) This is true. Think about how many people are out here just eating up all the true crime they can. It's just, it is so interesting when people just one day they just stop taking properly. I mean, what is properly? But you know, it's just some things are so out of pocket.
2: True. Yeah, you're right. And like, I know now more and more. I think like, what is normal? Because like, normal so broad. nothing.
1: <laughs> normal is just a basic ass bitch going through the nine to five grind, like me, but still just doing their best. Like it's just, it's all you can do. Just keep doing your best.
2: Grind, grind, grind. <laughs> you know, that's the story of the Benoit family and Chris Benoit and the murder of his family.
0: Thank you for listening to Canadian Crime Chicks. Follow at Can crime Chicks on Twitter to vote on polls. Follow at Canadian Crime Chicks on Instagram to hear about future episodes and see pictures from past episodes. If you have a crime you want to hear about or a crime you want to talk about, Email canadiancrimechicks at gmail.com Spread the word about Canadian Crime Chicks. Rate and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Music is Anxiety by Kai Engel. Produced by David Johnson. New episodes, Saturdays.